people first organizations will win in the future of work. Your only real asset is your people. We, we all, all want, want purpose-driven work. work. HR-led organization is I'm sorry, but leaders don't lead empty desks and empty shop floors. Welcome to the People Strategy Leaders Show. I'm your host, Sri Chalapa, founder and president of Engagedly, and a serial entrepreneur in technology, films, and music. This is where we talk to people leaders, business strategists, and organizational savants about leading in the time of change. What is working, what is not working, and more importantly, what we should be thinking about. Stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest. And now, let's engage. Hello, this is Sri Chalapa again with People Strategy Leaders Podcast. Um, today, I'm joined by Edie Goldberg, PhD, who actually is on our advisory board as well, and we've talked uh, many times before. Um, Edie is the principal of E.L. Goldberg & Associates in Menlo Park, California. She has specialized in talent management and organizational development for over 25 years. Her work focuses on helping companies develop talent strategies to ensure the organization has the capabilities needed to achieve its goals, as well as designing HR systems to attract, engage, develop, and retain top talent. Edie is the co-author of The Inside Gig, How Sharing Untapped Talent Across Boundaries Unleashes Organizational Capacity. Well, welcome to the show, Edie. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's been, you know, it's been a while since we last talked, but we've talked, obviously, at least a dozen times now. Um, the one topic that, you know, we haven't really touched upon um, uh, uh, in, in our discussions is uh, the changing definition of culture, if you will, um, as companies have gone more hybrid and more remote. Um, so earlier culture, I mean, quote unquote culture was defined as, you know, ping pong tables, foosball, beer, beer on the tap. Uh, obviously, that's no longer the case. So culture has to be, I guess, redefined. Is that what I'm what I'm hearing? Or what's your uh, what's your take here? Well, that was never really the definition of culture, but that's how culture was experienced in, in companies. You know, culture gets conveyed in uh, how we act, uh, what we pay attention to, and, and what we prioritize within the organization. So culture is really a re reflection of the behaviors of how people engage within the organization. And that's always been true. So it's kind of your norms, your values, beliefs, and, and people experience that through your company policies, the way I interact with my company, with my, uh, with my manager. So yeah, you know, it used to be we had fun, we came in, we all had lunch together, we played foosball or ping pong or whatever. And now we're working from our homes. And it feels different. It is. It is different. You know, and there was, I was just looking at some research from Gallup, only one in four employees today feel connected to their company's culture. That's a that's a big issue, but how do you fix it? Well, a lot of managers are saying, you know, oh, we have to get everybody back into the office because that's what's going to solve people being disconnected. And I'm like, wait a second, time out. <clears throat> culture does not reside in your office. That is not where culture lives. Culture lives in the values of your company, in those norms and behaviors. 
So fixing that is addressing, you know, how do you live your company's culture every day from your behaviors? How my manager interact with me? You know, a lot of, a lot of companies have one of their cultural values as trust but how much do you trust your employees? How do you demonstrate that in behavior? Mm-hmm. If collaboration is one of our cultural values, we, we do better when we come together to solve problems. A lot of companies have this as a, as a core value. Um, how that gets lived within the company, it doesn't matter. I mean, yes, it helps for us to be together to brainstorm, but we now have technologies that also allow us to do that. And it's how we frame that, how managers engage with their people and how we connect. One of my, uh, one of the lights that kind of went on for me uh, early on in the pandemic, I heard a talk with Pat Waters, who was the CHRO for ServiceNow. And she said that in her company, when they were looking at employee belonging, scores during the pandemic actually went up. So you ask, how how did employee belonging go up when we all were sent home to our uh, home offices that we had to create, right? They didn't exist. And the answer was because managers were intentionally connecting with their employees Mm -hmm. and having super real conversations. How are you like from the heart? Like, are you doing okay? What's going on? What's getting in the way of you achieving your goals? How are you doing personally? So managers were connecting with employees in a way they had never done before. And that increased belonging. Yeah. The question is, does that, that is extra work, right? Now you have to be more intentional about making the connection. It's easier in your office because you just walk around and you connect, you meet somebody at the water cooler or you go out for lunch. So now it becomes more intentional because now you have to change the way you've been doing it in the past. So it seems like it's more work from a manager. I think, well, you used a word that is, I think the, the key but it wasn't more work. <laughs> so I don't believe that it's more work. It's just different work, different, but it's right. about being intentional. Right. You know, I can walk around and let's face it. You know, I hear employees say to me all the time, yeah, the manager is walking around and they're waving at people in their offices, but they're not really connecting with people. That's kind of false. You know, I'm here, I'm here for you. But being intentional and connecting with people, you will actually do a better job of facilitating getting work done and understanding your employees and their goals and their needs that will actually, you know, have an exponential effect on the organization's performance. Mm -hmm. So I think the payoff here is much larger than the input. So the output here is much larger than the input, but the key is being intentional. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, is there like a playbook for this? Because this is new for a lot of people, for a lot of companies, this is new has, uh, I'm sure people are thinking about it. Okay. Now this is the 
this is no longer a temporary thing and it's no longer the future of work. It is work now, right? This is how it's going to be, at least for a lot of companies. Um, it's going to be hybrid. It's going to be remote for many people. And it's also going to be uh, geographically so distributed that you may never meet your direct report or your manager um, in many cases, you know, uh, spe because especially if you use a lot of freelancers, right? So what's what's the research right now are you seeing in the academia on this? How do you, you how do you actually make this something that is scalable, uh, like a playbook or some best practices around it? So I, I'm gonna kind of lob a couple things in here. One, that word intentional, I think is really super important in, in how people are connecting in the organization. And I was working with a company on what is their hybrid strategy, right? How, the right. question is, how do we get hybrid right? How do we do it in a way that, you know, still gives us that bump in productivity that we saw during the pandemic, but also kind of creates the sense of belonging in this culture. And yeah, you know, there people are mostly going to be working offsite, but being intentional about when we come together and why we come together is really important. So some companies have said, well, you have to be in the office to three days a week. But they didn't say when. So I come in on Monday and Shri, you're my colleague and we work really closely together, but you come in on, on Thursday because that's good for you. Well, that's stupid. We're, we need to work together. Mm -hmm. So being intentional about who's coming in when and then what work we're doing when we're together, that's a lot. It's harder to figure that out. But we need to make sure that we're doing our really good heads down work when we're working remotely and that we're focusing on collaboration and community building connection when we're together. So it's really about job crafting, about mm -hmm. work crafting. Now, I'm going to tie this to performance management because I know that's near and dear to your heart. Mm -hmm. The problem with performance management today, and this completely relates to this issue of culture, is that managers don't have really good ongoing conversations with employees about performance. Correct. Well, the research, and this is research from Gallup, really clearly shows if once a week, if you had a meaningful conversation with your employee about the work that they're doing, what kind of support that they need, where they are, what's going on, and, and how to help them kind of get to the next level. One conversation a week, you would actually improve their engagement scores. You would improve this connection, you know, that culture connection. Mm -hmm. um, People, having people engaged at work and it would in, influence perform positively influence performance. The issue is most managers don't have meaningful conversations with their employees. It's a flyby. So this whole manage in the office by walking around, a lot of that is pretty surface. It's not let's stop and have a converse, an intentional conversation about what's going on on that project and how I can help you be more mm, effective. Mm. Yeah. So 
at the, I know we as Engagely, we, we have a one-on-one -on -one tool and we encourage you know organizations to use that and use that to to drive these conversations. Um, do you sense that whether it's hybrid or in office or remote or whatever, in general, the one-on-ones are not as common as it should be? Because I would think it should be, I mean, in in my, our organization, I would, I say in one-on-ones are at least 90% of the time happens. 90% of the time. I mean, it's that high. Uh, so I, I find it odd that company, other companies don't do it. Um, well, other companies are not doing it. And so interestingly, um, some research just came out from my friends at Gallup. Um, we asked, how often do you get feedback? Right? Those one-on-ones. How often are you getting feedback? And it turns out that employees that are fully remote are getting significantly less feedback mm -hmm. from both hybrid and on-site employees. Hybrid employees are getting a little less feedback than their on-site peers. So absolutely, depending, you know, and this is my greatest fear, and this is part of the need to be intentional. My greatest fear with hybrid and remote work is we are going to actually increase the disparities that we have in the workplace. Right. Because who wants to work remotely? Who wants to work in a hybrid way? Working mothers who are balancing a lot, so women, um, people of color who might feel that there are more microaggressions at them in the workplace, maybe they feel like they fit in a little less, and it is more psychologically safe working from home. They get to do what they do and not worry about showing up to other people. Um, so my my deep concern is that where there's going to be the haves and the haves not the people who get the development conversations, the people who get access to opportunities are going to be the people in the office. Yes. We need to intentionally build our work environment so that does not happen, that everybody has equal access. That's going to be a tough one to do it at scale unless the companies yeah. do it, you know, very intentionally and keep reinforcing it. Because that to me is a huge change management that has to take place within the organization in a way. Yeah, I think making your managers aware that just because somebody is working more remotely than in person, that that you should be making sure that they're getting the same kind of access to development opportunities, that you should be giving them feedback on the same cadence level that you're giving to your other employees. I, I think it's simply an issue of awareness you know, when I was growing up with parents, it was always, you know, better that you're never seen, right? <laughs> uh, and, and the problem is now when you're never seen, uh, you, you're you losing out on some opportunities. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, some of the things are off agenda, right? If I go to lunch with somebody, I'm going to just have random discussions, some serendipitous, serendipitous, uh, in, you know, collaborative uh, items might come up and then that person who I am working with, I'll feel more connected and I will do that in that project or the initiative with that person. And consequently they have an upper hand just because they are there, not because they're necessarily better or because they have uh, special skills, but it's because they were there and you had this discussion over lunch or over happy hour after work. 
Yeah. Um, that to me, those things, you, you, it's hard to put a you know some kind of a guardrail around uh, and say you can't do this or you should do this or do this. If you did this, make sure you're doing something else like that, something like that with other other people who are not in person. I don't know. How do you solve? That's a difficult one to solve to me, you know? Yeah. You know, I think one of the hardest things, you know, when we're now that we're in Zoom and Teams and whatever platform you're on, we used to come sit in the meeting room and then we would have chit chat. Right. What I did over my weekend, blah, blah, blah. And we need to create more of an opportunity to do that because now we come into the meeting room on our screen and we all just sit there and wait for the meeting to start. Nobody, you know, kind of wants to talk and share. So we do need to find more avenues to do that. But earlier you were saying the problem is if I'm a remote employee, if I work elsewhere in the globe, I might never meet the people that I work with. Well, the companies that I have worked with, again, that word intentionality, we are crafting Uh, special experiences where people will come together maybe once a year, maybe twice a year, maybe four times a year, depending on how geographically dispersed that you are um, for that kind of connection. Because it's really hard to uh, work with my my peers if I really don't know them at all. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so when we were all in the office together, that was one thing. And, you know, somebody would come in, let's say from the Singapore office, if you're in the United States or whatever, then uh, you would meet then. But now those opportunities actually need to, you know, we need to have a company-wide learning day where we bring everyone together. And part of the reason of bringing everyone together is creating connection. It's having those serendipitous chats with people I don't work with on a regular basis. You can craft that, but it takes work and intention behind it. And and in some cases, a lot of money too, because if you have you know hundreds of people in one location, hundreds of people in another location, it becomes it can become a little bit uh, expensive. Um, but you can also think about doing it in different virtual ways and getting very creative about mm-hmm. hearing off people. Um, you know, I love the breakout rooms. I do a lot of meetings where we have a lot of senior leaders and we really, really need their insight and input. And so we constantly go into breakout rooms where we can have a, a discussion amongst four or five of us that's a really kind of rich connection conversation. And those people are generally from very different places. So we do have the tools and technology to help us do this. It just, you know, a lot of companies now have um, a hybrid working manager, somebody who is responsible for crafting these kinds of experiences. Wow. Okay. I, was I think that's that. important. So, you know, I am the one, you know, I, we only have a few more minutes, but I wanted to ask you one thing now since you are in the research and academics uh, quite a bit is there a lot of is there any research that's being done on figuring out what type of actions and initiatives and like like these breakout uh, rooms and other things that you're talking about are more effective than the others are, are they doing some kind of these uh, studies that you have seen um, come out 
No, I, I know GitLab has a handbook from their years of working remotely Got it. Yeah. Uh, that they would promote around that. Microsoft has, you know, again, around their tools, uh, provided some, but I really lean on perhaps some of that research from Gallup, who's really known for employee engagement, um, that has said some of these really simple things, like just have one weekly conversation, meaningful conversation with your employee where you're really connecting and you're really having a conversation about what work they're doing, how they're advancing towards their goals mm -hmm. and how you can help them be more successful. What's getting in their way of performance. One intentional conversation where you meaningfully connect and that would really move the needle. Yeah. I see a book in your future, Edie. It's called How Do We Get Hybrid Right? Or <laughs> Getting Hybrid Right. Whatever that title is, you, you can probably figure that out. But, um, well, thank you so much, Edie. It's been a pleasure um, having you on this and talking again. Um, and I, and I, uh, I'm hoping to read some more about, about this topic from you in the future. I thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And good luck to everyone out there on this great experiment of figuring out hybrid work and getting our culture right. But remember, culture is not in your office. Thank you. Shri Chalapa here. Thank you so much for listening to the People Strategy Leaders Podcast. If you are a successful leader or a people strategist who would like to be on this program, please visit engagedly.com slash people strategy leaders podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag people strategy leaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Sri Chalapa. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. And thank you to Patrick Ramsey, sound engineer at Kalinga Production Studios for recording and mixing this show.